Hey everybody, Sam here with a couple of quick announcements for MagicCon Chicago. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, we are doing a prospector meetup at the convention, and that is taking place on Friday from around lunchtime until 4 p.m. or so. So we're going to be taking over a bunch of tables, probably within the command zone, and jamming games with prospectors, handing out our Pizza the Gathering food tokens, and just having a good time. We're also going to have a limited number of Howling Salt Mine logo stickers on us, so come find us to get yours. If you aren't following us on social media, definitely check out those spaces, because once we grab our tables in that area, and once we get all set up, we're going to be posting it on Twitter, posting it on Instagram, and of course in our Patreon Discord. So keep your eye on that on Friday around noon and track us down. Or you can also come to the thing we're doing on Saturday. We're going to be a part of a learn to play CDH event taking place in the command zone with a bunch of other CDH content creators like Scrybabies, Play to Win, Playing with Power, Comedian MTG and Callahan from the Mind Sculptors, etc. We're all going to be kind of coming and going throughout the day, jumping in and jamming games with people. So if you're curious about CDH, or you just want to jam some games with us, come check that out. It's going to be a really good time. And that's going to be taking place for the majority of Saturday. We're kicking that off in the morning, and that's going to run until you know evening or so. And that's it. Thanks, everybody. We hope to see a bunch of you next week in Chicago. Okay, let's get to the episode. Play that theme music. One podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is... The Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. Find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts that we love, the salty confessionals that we crave. Put them in our mind cart and bring them right back up to you, our dear, sweet little prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined with my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. So, hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Howdy ho. And we will step no further into the mine without... Shouting out our amazing, nice patrons. Nice. That's right. If you're at the nice tier of our show, not only do you get four custom hand-drawn tokens from moi every single month. Is that French? Who's that? <laughs> moi. Is <laughs> that like a big kiss? Like, moi. <laughs> moi. Who's moi? Why should I care? <laughs> not only do you get that, you also get a shout out at the beginning of every episode. And a really cool red name in the Discord, <laughs> which which is very eye-catching. And this week we have Cream Bean, Hephaestus Bolts, Prime Speaker Florian, Yef Judge, Accidental TPK, Royal Flood, and Alex Balix. Thanks for being so nice, you guys. We really, nice. really appreciate it. Nice. So I have been re-watching Seinfeld lately. Ooh. You guys ever watch Seinfeld? No. Yeah. I actually rewatched a good chunk of it. Really? Recently? Yeah. Well, like last year. So it, it's like one of my comfort shows. And mm. when I was growing up, this is this is such a funny thing in hindsight. When I was growing up, like my family, we were one of those families that would just like watch TV when we had dinner. Like we'd still sit down at the table, but we didn't like to hear each other chew. 
And at a certain point, we would just put <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> and you know, it was like a tiny little TV across the room. But we had this like, it, it was always Seinfeld. Like you could watch Seinfeld on NBC. And then I think you could flip to TBS and watch an episode over there. Like they had it staggered on these two channels where mm-hmm. you can watch mm-hmm. like two different mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. So my parents were cool with us watching Seinfeld as like teenagers, you know, but we weren't allowed to watch Simpsons. I don't know why. Like my mom had in her head that Simpsons was very crude humor. And Mm. I don't know. Bart was like a little shit and stuff like that. Maybe that had something to do with it. But now that I'm rewatching Seinfeld, it is so adult. There's so (laughs) many sex jokes. Yes. I was like, everybody loves Raymond, too. I feel like it was very similar. But I was I was watching that when I was like young, and I feel like it's just most of it goes over your head when you're a kid. But like, uh, oh, totally, man. Now that definitely. I'm watching it, I'm like, almost every episode is about sex or has some yeah. element of sex <laughs> in it, like people having sex or people like laying in bed at like no no one actively pumping on camera. But but wait, Sam, <laughs> what sex? Sex is when you no no. <laughs> Uh, quick question tony (laughs) thank god this is one of your months where you're allowed to skip that explanation sex (laughs) but it's just so funny to watch it in hindsight and like it, it is like one of my comfort shows and and i love it like i i still have a ton of love for it but it's also really funny to watch a show that was like aired in the 90s because obviously some of the humor doesn't hold up and there's like some of the yeah. shit that they say and you're sort of like, ooh. But a lot of people compare Seinfeld to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and watching Seinfeld as an adult and after, you know, 20, 30 years that it was like syndicated on television, some of those jokes that don't hold up just kind of meld into the fact that you're watching four like absolute assholes be be like jerks to people mm-hmm. on tv very similar to how it is in always sunny but in always sunny it's like intentional and on seinfeld mm-hmm. there's some of these jokes that were meant to be kind of innocent but nowadays they're sort of like fucked up but you're mm-hmm. just sort of like yeah but jerry seinfeld and elaine and george and kramer are like narcissists and they're dickheads so of course they would make that kind of joke mm-hmm. so it's just like a funny thing to go back to and like watch this old shit and it, it feels closer to always sunny more than like any other show I've ever watched now. Well, it's interesting because like not so so long ago, Stephanie was trying to get me to watch uh Friends. Boo. Uh sorry. Which like <laughs> I'm just not into it. It's one of those things where like if you grew up with it, people are like fucking die hard. They're like, exactly. this is like a great yeah. show. It's so good. You go back and watch it and it like didn't hold up at all. Like it's, it's not even funny. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like I was watching it and like there's gonna be a bunch of people probably like yelling at me for this, but I'm just like it. It's not, folks. Like, I I was trying to watch it, trying to get into it, and I was just like, this is not good. But I can see how, like, when you grow up, there's such a nostalgia factor for any of that shit. Oh, definitely. It's just like what you had, what you did. It's interesting, though, that you watch TV at dinner because we never fucking did that we probably should have because we mostly just argued at the dinner table but i'm like <laughs> why the fuck didn't we just put on tv because you know what we put a, probably could have avoided some of those arguments in life uh but yeah that was just like never something we did in my household uh, well it, it's funny because like it's not like we ate dinner around the tv it's just on over there <laughs> tony i think you've been to my the house that I grew up in, I don't quite I think remember. Like one time, I think you did one time. Yeah, uh, but like the setup is that there's like a kitchen 
and then like a dining room and they're kind of conjoined, you know, like there used to be a wall there and it was taken out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like we're all in the dining room, but we're watching this tiny like 10 inch screen, this old CRT that was on the counter in the kitchen, which would be something you'd have on when you're like cooking. Yeah. So we're all like watching this teeny little TV like 40 feet away. It was just like a weird setup, you know, yeah. it's, it's not like we're sitting down with TV dinners in front of a giant TV like the Simpsons would. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's just kind of funny how that was set up. Do you guys have like comfort shows that you can just like put on in the background and like rewatch? And it's something that you can just kind of like jump in at any episode and you enjoy it. For me, any episode of those types of things are honestly like a bunch of animes. Mm. Hell Even yeah. some recent ones like avatar last oh, airbender dude. i will just like pick up and watch and have like recently rewatched that i don't know why i really like the castlevania series that's on netflix and so i've watched that way more than i ever would have expected to but like old dbz and stuff yu yu Hakusho, there's a bunch oh, of these things yeah. that like when i was in saudi which i've talked about a couple times in the past like that literally like got me through it like I was I watched all of Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, and Yu Yu Hakusho once or maybe two additional times when I was like out in Saudi, and it would it like I would have a really shitty day, and I would come back and be like, I'm just gonna sit here and watch Dragon Ball Z for a few hours, <laughs> and it's almost great because there, there is like there is so much of it. Like I was able to do that for like a couple of months, and it was great. <laughs> It'll get you through a long time, you know. It also gets you through a lot of time. The One Piece. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, the One Piece is real, folks. And you know, that that's a funny thing. So I've like talked about this a few times on the show and on other podcasts, but I really haven't watched a lot of One Piece cuz I read the entire manga and then I watched like most of the Wano arc and, you know, maybe the first like what 100 episodes or something like that. Mm -hmm. My god, the first 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's 10% of it. It's a huge chunk that I have not seen, you know? <laughs> but because I've read it, I feel like I can just jump into any episode and be like, okay, I know exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. But I, I also don't feel the need to watch it, but I do want to watch the modern shit because the animation is so fucking insane, you know? Yeah. For I sure. don't think I have any, like, familiar shows from my childhood. I mean, like... I mean, shows your parents Friends watched. and Seinfeld were definitely both on. The Simpsons were on. Like, those are shows I feel like I could kind of get. But, like, because of the whole, like, episodic nature of them where they're all kind of very self-contained anyway, I feel like they're built to be built to be watched that way pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the other ones of, like, my adult life are, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Every once mm -hmm. in a while, we'll go back and watch, like, the appropriate seasonal episode for that, you know like watch the halloween episode yeah yeah i do that with community for sure i hadn't mm -hmm. thought of it from that perspective man i never got into either of those shows but i've seen like episodes of them and and really appreciated it and thought it was funny but just like i just didn't hit them in that time in my life where i could like really sit down and crush tv hard right. you know what i mean i watched community with steven and when i was living with mike i think mike popped in every once in a while yeah. when we had episodes on but like i watched I, it I watched I watched like all of it just like after it had been already out. Like, I feel like that's my my trend with TV and series. Generally, like I'm watching yeah. it like years after everybody else. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. And then people are like, yeah, like five years ago, where, where, have yeah, you fucking where been? were you? I'm like, OK, I'll go fuck myself. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is definitely up there. Like Caroline and I have watched that front to back so many times. Never seen it. Oh, dude, it's so funny. I do love Danny, so shit. I should. Like to the you point should. where there's like, I mean, you may not get this because because you haven't seen it, but listeners will know that there's this character called Rickety Cricket. And at one point, Caroline and I just looked up every single episode that had cricket in it and watched all of those in a row. Mm-hmm. So it showed this character's like slow downfall from like a Catholic priest to like a deranged homeless man. And just, it's just so fucking funny, man. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, spoilers. It's it's on you at this point. It's it been out long enough. Yeah. But that show's really great. Trailer Park Boys, like the first like five or six seasons of, of TPB, I'm super, super into. My wife and I quote that with each other constantly. <laughs> and then I think like Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is one that I watch the shit out of. And um, oh, man, what's that one with fucking Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey? 30 oh, Rock. 30 Rock, dude. 30 Rock used to be, I haven't watched it in a while, but that used to be like a big comfort show. Like one thing that Caroline and I will do with these comfort shows is we'll get like dice. You know, if there's 10 seasons, I'll get like a D10. And then if there's like 20 episodes a season, I'll get a D20 and we'll roll them both and we'll go to a random season, a random episode and watch it. That's fun. And just like let it run from there. Man, there's something about like comfort TV. It's just so great, you know? Yeah. I mean, when it's on, you just like, you just feel good. Doesn't even have to be good. It's just like, it gives you that feeling, you know? It's like seeing like an, an old friend, you know what I mean, man? Yeah. I, I think I feel that way about like the Honeymooners and I Love Lucy as well. Just because like those are shows that like my mom loved and like would watch. And so like as a result, when I have them on, it's just like a fond memory kind of thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke show was a big one with my family. Uh, my my parents go crazy for Dick Van Dyke show. They watch it literally every night. That that is their comfort show. I don't think I've ever seen that. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Did you guys watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I feel like Some. that's another one actually. Like a tiny bit. I've watched a lot of that. I've watched none of it in order, but I've watched probably all of it. I think I've watched all of it, but literally none of it in order because like it would be on like late night Nick. Mm, yeah yeah Nick but it would Knight. just like randomly restart and shuffle all over the place like oh and charmed man you guys are just oh, taking charmed, me down a rabbit dude. hole that was my show with my best friend from home like you know i love dude, that how, show. About, how about some buffy man you ever get down with buffy the vampire slayer i mm. never got down with buffy but charmed i watched it all pony you would fucking love buffy if you are into charmed at all you would go apeshit for buffy it's so good caroline and i watched it all the time <laughs> i i forgot how much i love buffy dude i gotta watch I it i just now. saw a yeah. light ignite in you when you start talking about oh, it's so calm down. good dude it's so <laughs> buffy the vampire slayer is such a fucking good show if people haven't checked it out like fucking hit it up dude screw the one piece watch Buffy (laughs) Buffy is real (laughs) I'm sorry one piece I didn't mean to besmirch your name (laughs) but yeah dude it's so fucking good man I love those old shows you just like it's just like a comfortable shoe you know it's like a worn out shoe that you put on you're like ooh I've walked many miles in this Mm, but not one of the ones that has like sand in it and you gotta dump out the sand hole in it sand or maybe salt you know where I was going, people. Hey, <laughs> thank you for waking me up. Well, you, you hockey show for the it is. Oh, home. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, let's get into the salt. But Sam, what's salt? Tony, thank you.
I appreciate that. Hell Thank yeah. you for asking. Hell me. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> salt is frustration in the game. And I'm talking about the little grains all the way to the full shakers. That's right, folks. Salt is an umbrella term, as we like to call it here around the mines. It covers everything from small frustrations in the game. You know, maybe somebody was a little dishonest with their deck power level. Maybe it's not the greatest deck, but they're still running a Rhystic Study. There's still a Mana Crypt. Still some of those signposts of a higher power deck. All the way up to the Fuller Shakers, which might be somebody raging, throwing a deck box across the room, whipping a Blightsteel Colossus at your face, cheating, lying, trying to smack your dad. We've heard it all here in the Salt Mine. And we talk about... <laughs> it's wild when we actually say something. People be wilded out there, man. <laughs> Uh, and we talk about the salt so we can learn from it and hope to be a little less salty ourselves in a future game. Well, shall we head on into the mine? Let's delve. Let's exile some Let's cards from our graveyard. The... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's delve, folks. So this first story comes to us from Reddit. And this is a Reddit DM, folks. We're not quite doing a Reddit post yet, but <laughs> stay tuned. And this one comes to us from our friend IR Defect. If you guys see IR Defect around the subreddits, give them an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that good will. Do you think this is like IR Defect or is it like IR Defect? Mm, like, man. You know. Do you guys remember the cartoon I Am Weasel? <laughs> that was a, that's a deep cut. That's a weird one. I do remember the name. I don't remember I don't think the so. show. It was I Am Weasel and IR Baboon. And they got into like <laughs> shenanigans. It was from the same people that made Cow and Chicken. Both extremely disturbing cartoons that should not have been shown to kids. <laughs> uh, up with Ren and Stimpy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that one made me uncomfortable as a child. Yeah, I, like, did not like to look upon that animation. It, like, was bad yeah. <laughs> for my brain. That's how Courage <laughs> felt for me. I didn't like... Oh, same. Oh, Courage was creepy, for sure. Yeah, Courage was creepy. I still watched, like, every episode of Courage. I watched a lot of it, yeah. But it always creeped me out. There was an element of not enjoying it while I did it. I, it was yeah, like vacillating dude, between like, is this good? Am I frightened? Am I going to have nightmares? Especially the episodes with the cat. The cat? There's some like cat guy. I think his name was like Mr. Cats or some shit. I don't, I don't know. But he oh, was always man. like, it was always like fucking creepy, creepy shit. When he I was think on. the creepiest one is, is the one where there's that dude like wailing in the distance and he'd be like, return the slab. People are going crazy don't for that. They it. fucking know yeah. it. The listeners are going high. Do you know that one? At, at me if you know Return the Slab. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. This story is titled Narset Causes Salt. Hmm. And the story goes, this is an old story from the cons block. I had just seen Narset spoiled. And the first thing I thought of was salt-induced depression. <laughs> oh, boy. So my friend and I were playing at an LGS, and he's playing a Super Friends deck, and he was not my target. There was a Steve going around and bragging about how his deck was much better because it had more value in it. Plus, he kept pub stomping everybody. So we invited Steve to come play with us, and he agreed, but he wouldn't shut up about how much money he'd spent on his deck. Ugh. So we begin the game and proceed to play land, go for many, many turns. There was a fourth player, but their involvement was not relevant. Get fucked, fourth player. <laughs> so Steve was playing a red plus another color deck, some kind of commander that I can't remember, but he had an impressive board state. My friend was loading up with planeswalkers and I just had an unchecked Narset. So each player went through their turns, lands were played, 
Creatures were cast and died, life lost, etc. Then it came to my turn. And with a fully online Narset, I went to combat, attacking into the wide board of Planeswalkers. And I revealed the top four cards of my library. Land, Rock, a Planeswalker, and finally, an Obliterate. Mm. Needless to say, I wanted to play the Obliterate and nothing else. So I did. And the typical response was, what is that and what does it do? So I explained it. And Steve immediately went red in the face and then yelled at me and gave my friend the game. My only response was, well, I guess your deck isn't all that great. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so salty. Okay, so we we got a player here who's playing Narset, who's casting Obliterate off the top. I, I feel like it's been a while since we've read Narset, so we should probably at least just like rip through it. You know what it's I mean? Been a while. It's been a while. Narset plays things for free out of the top four. That's it. That's all we need, I think. But why yeah. don't we read Obliterate, though? Because that is kind of the game-defining spell here. Yeah, attack, trigger, cast free shit. Obliterate costs six colorless mana and two red. It's a sorcery. It cannot be countered. And it says, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and lands. They can't be regenerated. I mean, I feel like I kind of get the salty. Me too. The salty nature from like this other player because you did just hand your friend the game. Like, yep. Yeah, you did kind of king make there a little bit IR defect. You know, I'm yep. not even going to say kind of. I'm going to say you fucking did. Yep. <laughs> big, big old king makey guy here. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> funny. Like, but like. Yeah. You definitely king made. So like, yeah, it's definitely a situation where like the actual attitudes at the table, I think, matter a lot. Because yeah. if if this guy like is approaching, fun, enjoyable to play with, and you do this, it's like totally unacceptable. If he's bragging and talking purely about money and being like, you know, lording that over people and being weird and basically yeah. just getting what what's coming to him, then this is a little more like funny but otherwise it's kind of like whoa you really got him you really did king make him successfully. <laughs> his expensive deck did lose the 2v1 that's true well there was a fourth player let's not yeah forget. but they didn't matter <laughs> yeah i think i think that's like i don't know maybe this is like a team reverse pub stomp like if steve was walking around bragging about how his deck is amazing because it's super expensive which is what he said and he was pub stomping people in the group yeah and then you invite him over to set up this alley-oop reverse pub stomp you know folks maybe it's been a while i keep saying that and i keep putting in the it's audio been a while uh you know it has been some time since we we've said this but there we, we go we don't appreciate pub stomping but every once in a while i do think it's a little justified to stomp on a stomper and give them a little taste of their own medicine mm -hmm. you know don't quote me uh we don't fully condone that behavior but if if you choose to do that i won't really hold it against you because uh I think sometimes you need a little taste of your own medicine to kind of see the light in those situations. That seems to be the situation here. But like you said, Mike, if that setup wasn't there, then like, yeah, you fucking just king made and kind of pump stopped yourself. <laughs> and also, I think this is just like a you've undermined your own argument a little bit. Like it's mm. an ineffective version of stomping this player because you stomped him by doing kind of like cheesy, obnoxious 
stuff that wouldn't be like fair game in a normal game. Whereas if it was just like, okay, I, you know, took you out, then that's fine. I don't know. It's very interesting because I'm comparing this to a different story we had a couple episodes ago where a player stomped another player actively in a pod uh, that had two newer players in it. Bill and Ted, I believe, were were the other oh, players yes. in it. Yep. They're excellent adventures. And in that, I was like very, you know, we were very appreciative of the the player that that did the stomping. We were stoked, in fact. Yeah. There's something about kind of handling that business on your own, a little vigilante justice style. Whereas mm. this is like just directly setting this person you're already friends with up for a win. That's very different than just like handing it off to these other two goons that are having a fun time. <laughs> Well, this brings up an interesting question here. If I set up Tony to a board state where he can pub stomp, did I pub stomp or is Tony pub stomping? You both colluded and that's illegal. <laughs> did they collude though? Like that's the thing. We don't have true collusion here because Narset is just random. You happen to attack. I mean, he was attacking the planeswalker Well, you decide player. to cast the obliterate that puts you in a game losing position. I think that's the thing is that you're putting yourself in a game losing position to yeah. make another person win. But still, like, I, I don't I don't quite agree that there's collusion here. I, I think that this is like, you know, Narset, even though it's extremely salty, even though it's very powerful to cast things for free, it is a little bit random. Like, I think I've seen more Narsets with than succeed on casting like an extra turn or a big removal spell or something like that. It is. But I feel like there's also an awkwardness to like when that resolves because i feel like the planeswalker player probably i don't know maybe this is just how i would feel but like if sam you were the narset player and i was the planeswalker player i wouldn't like feel good about it i'd be like well now okay yeah i'm gonna win like i'm the only one with anything useful out and like you did it like cool like we're stomping the dude but it's like i think mike's hit it like the nail on the head there where it's like you're not doing it you gotta like mm -hmm. execute that on your own not like just toss it over to somebody else and be like okay go win now cool it's like too chaotic and it, it like takes the fun out of it you know yeah mm -hmm. it's like it's like someone being like ha i have an unbreakable defense and you're like oh yeah well i have an unbreakable spear and then you wave your hand in front of your their face and your friend stabs them in the back it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't prove anything about who, who had a stronger thing though. <laughs> yeah. So one question I have for you guys is like, have you ever no. played against someone who's like braggadocious in a way like this, who's walking around being like, my deck is hot shit. I spent a shit ton of money on my deck. I'm here to pub stomp. I'm crushing everybody. Yeah. You mean other than you, Sam, or... Okay, calm down, Mr. Bling Borderless. <laughs> hey, but my decks aren't good. They're just borderless. <laughs> but man, they look good when they're losing. <laughs> they look good when they're losing, baby. Like, you know it. <laughs> but like, I've never really encountered a person like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I have either. I can't really think of a time, but I don't know if that's because I'm blinded by the bling. So when I see bling, I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> or like, like oh, another cool person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like 
I feel like I've played against people that have this sentiment, maybe not like super braggadocious directly about like the dollar value of the deck, yeah. but like very kind of up in your face about the fact that they've researched a lot, put a lot of time into it, mm. know that this is the best, know that this is the best thing in the meta. I feel like people are usually a little bit more braggy about the power level. And we see that more in stories, too, that get written. Yeah. In. So for it to be about money specifically is is really pretty gross because it it creates a very gatekeepy atmosphere. If someone's walking Great. into that store and they're like, hmm, I've got 20 bucks and I see that there's like some packs I can buy in a cool looking game like that might be fun. And then there's, you know, Mr. Moneybags over here being like, yeah, I spent $3,000 on this 100-card deck. You're going to get stomped into the ground. It's like, well, <laughs> there, you've kind of forced new people or or even maybe more enfranchised people that just don't have that kind of like cash lying around to feel like they're not welcome in the game. Mm, yeah, I agree. So stomp I that I think player. that's whack. I think it's fair to stomp them. So what do we think about the overall salt rating here then? This one's hard for me, man, because I don't like people bragging. I don't like people pub stomping, but... Also, low-key, I fucking hate Super Friends decks and Narset decks, man. And King-making. And King-making. And King-making. <laughs> and I don't like Obliterate. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. just so much There's salt. There's a lot of tough you know? parts. There's so much salt that I do not appreciate here. I mean, I'm I'm glad you, you showed this pub stomper what's what. But at the same time, like, man... Narset with Obliterate is probably also pub stomping some innocent players that day. <laughs> you know, like take that out of your deck. <laughs> and Planeswalker decks rarely pub stomp, but boy, howdy, are they fucking boring to watch. Like you you flip all the little dice up on your planeswalkers and try to remember which ones you activated and which ones you didn't. I'm like, it's like mind numbing <laughs> for me, man. So, you know, th this is a tough one. I I uh I abstain. Whoa, I'm fucking compromised. Hmm. Well, then Tony and I better be exact in agreement so that there's no tie. It's like it's such a delicate balance to walk. And I think kind of Mike touched on it. It's about the the mood, the ambiance, the setting, like all yeah. that matters and is like taken into account here. How much would you say it matters? It matters a it matters great, a great deal. deal. <laughs> it matters a great deal. Yeah, because I think in a vacuum, all of these decks suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right like they're all shitty straight up <laughs> including the fourth player who should just get fucked <laughs> yeah fourth player is on a fucking uh, i'm sure they were on a toxic eldrazi like you know sneak attack deck i just assumed it was a toxic deck but they never got blue mana because fuck blue <laughs> but yeah like like it it is hard it is hard this one is is weird i mean you know Based on the story, Steve being so braggy about the price, how icky that is, you know. Oh, wait, actually, sorry. You abstained, so it doesn't matter. I retract my abstination. <laughs> is that a word? You're no longer abstinent. Yeah, what's the opposite of abstaining? I'm I'm fucking with this You're one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I'm fucking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, with Steve coming around being a braggart, yeah, braggadocious braggart. Being a braggart and just talking about like... It's like Boggart? Like, Is he a Boggart? Yeah, he, he's, he's a fucking Bogart, dude. <laughs> he's hum Humphrey Braggart. Uh, and, and talking about how like gross the price of your deck is is just like stinky behavior and yeah. I, I can't vibe with that so I do appreciate Steve got stomped but at the same time uh, IR defect respect you love that you listen to the podcast 
take that Narset deck, throw it right in the trash. <laughs> People should have to like drag the price of your deck out of you, particularly if it's good. I feel like the only time that I'm excited about the price of a deck is if it's a budget list. And I'm like, Damn, and I'm dude. doing this degenerate shit with $40. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah. If I'm playing my guy Ruta list, you will hear me say $40 hundreds of times. Like, <laughs> like I am so braggy that it's $40, you know, <laughs> but if you're like, this is $4,000, I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Then you better win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like good, good job, dude. You spent a lot of money. That's great. <laughs> good for so, you should we get on to another one yeah let's Lettuce. do it so this next post comes to us from our buddy Rothbox what's up homie because this is a patron post boys Ooh, baby hell yeah and this one is titled there's always that one guy isn't it true and it goes I feel like every group has that one person where you are warned about them but they can't possibly be as bad as everyone says right I was at a friend's house and two of my friends were testing modern. So it left my friend Noah and I and this person, let's call them X. We can come up with a better name, guys. Who are we going to call this person? Jimmy Buffett? DMX? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Buffett or DMX both be spurching people who passed away recently. Uh, uh, let me pick Twitter. <laughs> call him Twitter instead of X. How about uh, oh Elon Musk? <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle? Kyle like Musk? Musk's Musk's kid. Yeah. Oh, is that the name? Is that how you pronounce it? A child named Kyle? Yeah. Kyle. That ridiculous. That ridiculous like, like string of string of characters. characters. Yes. Oh god. That's Kyle. All right. <laughs> Let's call him Kyle Musk. So we shuffle up for a high power three-player game. I'm on Elsha Top, a suboptimal build with no real fast mana, but still powerful. And Kyle Musk was on Kess Control. Noah played something, but he can get fucked third player. <laughs> hey, man, not even making it to the fourth player. Yeah. Doing one episode, man. <laughs> I get out three fairy earlier, uh, the third Teferi. What, what's that one? Teferi Time Raveler. Yep. Teferi Time Raveler, if people don't know what three fairy stands for. And I am doing all I can to protect it because it's really stopping the Kess player from going crazy. This is when I start to notice that Kyle Musk starts to play really aggressively. If I announce a trigger late or out of order, he snips about how I missed the trigger. So I start trying to play tighter because clearly this isn't a friendly game. Mm. Hold on, pause. It's a three-player game, Kyle. <laughs> like, there, there are no competitive three-player games. It does not exist. It's a three player. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Some turns later of us countering and shutting down each other's boards. I have Elsha out and I top deck Ugin the ineffable and my sensei's divining top is in hand. I can now go infinite and win the game by drawing my entire deck and playing all of the talismans and signets for free and then cast Jace wielder of mysteries to win the game. I tell the table this and he says, okay, draw every card one at a time. Because I could have a response. Is this you, Tony? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I look down and he has a mountain untapped and a mystic remora that I can't pay for. I tell him that he only has a mountain untapped and that I still have Tefiri out. He tells me that I have to because we could have a response. So I draw the cards one at a time for my entire deck. I'm super flustered at this point because I'm trying to think, have I misplayed this? 
and he's still speaking in a very aggressive tone. I finally draw the last card in my deck, play Jace, and uptick Jace to win. He spends the next few minutes complaining that the answer was in the bottom few cards of his deck, or he would have won. He says that he has Odawara in hand and just needs to draw the Simian Spirit Guide to channel it. I tell him he has no blue mana open, so he couldn't have. Then he just gets up, packing his stuff and saying, you think you're such a good player? You don't even know your own triggers. <laughs> I've played multiple GPs and comp level events, and I don't think I've genuinely felt more flustered playing a player before. <laughs> My two friends playing modern even looked over and asked what the hell he was so upset about. We decided to wrap up games there and I left, but we have not invited that player back to join us since. Thanks guys for everything. Love you all. Shout out to the Yoho homies and we'll get Tony one day. And Rothbox, Tony is much closer than you think. He is. <laughs> he has inquired about the One Piece TCG. It is happening. Yeah, it's like at Chicago. If you don't teach me how to play it, then like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's then like we, this, that is your chance. It's an R. It's our error. At that yeah, that, point. then it's on us. Um, Holy shit, dude. This rubs me the wrong way so much, man. So first, I have never asked you to go card by card if I didn't have an answer. I know. <laughs> if I didn't have I'm such a thing. I've done that too. And like, that's what's so fucked about this. Yeah, like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, you can't even channel the Odawara. We joke about this in our pod all the time. If you've caught jokes about us saying Simeon Butterfly on the show, <laughs> that is like the fake white uh, spirit guide <laughs> card that Tony invented. And by us, I was going to say it's me. Like, yeah, I am always being like, players to be a butterfly. I don't know like, why he calls it Simeon Butterfly and not Butterfly Spirit Guide. Because this is also a point of contention in <laughs> the group. It's because Elvish Mystic kind of has a, like fairy wings too. Or not Elvish Mystic. Elvish Spirit uh, Guide. Elvish Spirit Guide. Yeah. It's, there's has the spirit fairy guides. Wings. There's spirit guides, everybody. <laughs> but like, there's no blue spirit guide. So I just don't know what is even happening here, man. Yeah. No, but it's a simian horsefish. Uh, <laughs> and when you exile that from here, you get one blue mana. And then so he just needed to draw it, but it was in the bottom of his deck. So he thought he had it. You just he had didn't. a custom simian horsefish in his deck. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get simian horsefish in Alan's cube? Oh, <laughs> man. I, I'm going to text him right. I, I'm making a note right now. Uh, hell yeah. Hell and yeah. I'm going to draw it and give it to Alan for the cube. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. I mean, he already has dark blue ritual in there. He has multiples. Which, you know who made dark blue ritual? It was Florian. Oh, that's really? awesome. Sick. Yeah. Isn't that fucking great? Yeah. Get it, Florian. Dark blue ritual uh, is just a fake dark ritual, but it adds either blue or black mana to your mana pool. So, for folks who don't know. <laughs> Um, dude, this is a fucked story. This makes me so mad in so many ways. And you're yeah. right, Tony. You've never forced us to go card by card. But I will say you're the king of of saying like, well, can you play it out? Because you do often have uh, responses to that. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. And usually it's like a weird like little thing of it's like I have interaction points. Yeah. And like you got to play to those. So I get yep. that piece of it all. But like, don't be a dick. Like, if you don't have anything, don't fucking make us sit here for 20 right. minutes, have him draw card by card by card. Because guess what? Now we can't play another game. Like, there, there is a tricky part, too, of like, sometimes you want to say, oh, I might have a response. And you maybe misevaluate that you have a response or 
at the very least to the opponent, it looks like you're misevaluating that you have a response. Like, yeah. you know, Rothbox here is saying like, okay, I see that he can't channel in Ottawara because he only has the one red, but like maybe he draws the red spirit guide and the channelable like thing that does two damage. There's like a so channelable Kenzan shock, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, there like is. The archer, there's, there's an archer. You know? So like maybe maybe it's that. It's like you don't know perfectly what's in others people's decks. So you might have a good idea of what the available options to them are, but you can never be like a hundred percent sure. Really, like you can in the scenario when this happens because you're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why did you ever yeah. do this? And then he's like. You don't even know how yeah. to play your yeah, deck. Yeah. In this case, you can absolutely, but you can't tell in the in the moment. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. tell no, until actually. after the game when someone says, "Well, this is what I might have gotten." Yeah. The, the thing that bugs me is like drawing one card at a time. I could have a response. It's like sure, but we could probably shortcut that because if the only things you have are a Mystic Remora to get triggered, then. Like, I can draw my whole deck because you're not going to gain additional value until I'm casting out those signets and things like that and casting out Jace. You know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. I, I think there is some, like, cleaner shortcutting that can be done here. And mm -hmm. some of this truly, to me, just feels like kind of trying to torture the other player with their win con. You know what I mean? Yeah, which which is happens good. sometimes, like... And I will say, sometimes it's justifiable. Like, like sometimes you get a stacks lockout, and they're like, "Okay, do you guys concede?" And uh, like the ultimate salty Uno reverse card is to be like, "No, you actually have to win, and I'm yeah. not going to concede." But this is not that. This, this is like isn't drawing that. through your deck and executing a win line, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand when there's a loop, and people are trying to be like, "Okay, well, can you like demonstrate the loop because it's like complex yeah. or it's multiple steps?" And like we always do that, right? We'll like go through the loop like two or three times, and then we're like, "Okay, cool." You've established it now. Just like fucking do what you're going to do. But it felt like this person was just being salty to be salty. And then they didn't get their simian butterfly and they <laughs> fucking lost. horse fish. Dude, I, I don't think this person's salty. I think they're sweaty, man. Yeah. This is like exactly what people mean when they're talking about a sweaty player. Somebody <laughs> who is just like overly competitive about fucking everything like again mm -hmm. i paused the story to mention this but this is a fucking three-player game like <laughs> every three-player game is a friendly mm -hmm. game because no three-player games are competitive games because <laughs> no three-player games matter <laughs> like it, that's just not how it is you know like if yep. you're playing a three-player game you're already playing like let's fuck around kind of game you know yep <laughs> yeah well what do we think about the salt rating here on this one hi so high high yeah this is full shaker for me man to make rothbox feel bad about themselves feel like they've misplayed doubt their own actions and <laughs> and also to put them on edge when you're just like chilling with friends playing a three-player game yeah it's so stupid yeah and, and to even lie and be like i could have a response it's like no you fucking can't man i have a, a extremely powerful silence effect on board like you're you're playing towards like a one percent win like just chill dude yeah that yeah. bugs me so much we've talked too about how like the nice thing about cdh is that we can still play it pretty casually and that yeah. like unless you're in a tournament you can play cdh with the exact same level of stakes as casual games right which is nothing mm -hmm. like there's nothing at stake except for like feeling kind of nice that you want a game yeah, and pride right? Right, a so saiyan's pride <laughs> saiyan's pride <laughs> <laughs>
Kakarot! <laughs> Nothing's at stake. <laughs> True. I take it back. That's a big deal. <laughs> you should always try your absolute hardest and get your sweatiest in your three-player games. Yeah, I mean, advice to Rothbox for the next game, maybe, like, try a little bit harder, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... be fucking better. <laughs> no. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but yeah, man incredibly high salt i'm so pleased to hear that the epilogue of the story is that you'd never fucking invite that person back ever <laughs> yeah. again yeah like this is one of those things where after that person left i'd turn to all my friends and be like what the fuck guys like who invited Shit. this clown what was that? Yeah. i feel personally bad about myself after playing against this person <laughs> like <laughs> this isn't what it's about this isn't how it should be yeah for real well so dumb should we bring her home let's let's bring her home so this next post comes to us from Chichi Robov 7. And this is from the EDH subreddit, folks. Ooh, baby. If you see Chichi Robov 7 around the, the subreddits, give an up vote. You know the drill. Spread that. Good. <gasps> Will. And the post is titled, I got yelled at and removed from a pod for alt art proxy tokens. Mm-mm. Mm. For altar proxy tokens? Oh man! I feel like I gotta know what this is because, like, who oh, the fuck has that's that? That's a throwback. Happen? So this is one that we talked about a lot in our Patreon Discord because we were all so fucking flabbergasted by it. <laughs> and the post goes: "Hello, all. As the title suggests, a few days ago I went to an LGS that I haven't frequented often, as I usually have issues with the owner and the player base." but they're the only place within drivable distance for me that offers sealed events like Limited. So after playing rounds in Limited, I saw a few people trying to get an EDH pod started, and knowing this place, the pods are usually higher power. So this is a chance for me to play my five-color Garth One-Eye Landfall deck that's a little bit more tuned and a little too powerful for casual places. I didn't know any of the players at the time, but I figured it would be fine. Fast forward to the game, as we shuffle up, somebody asked to read my commander. So a little about me, I'm a huge Apex Legends fanboy right now and use the following tokens and alternate art for Garth, his copy spells, and the tokens made by the deck as seen here. There are some images provided. I'm using the Godzilla altar style for Garth and it sits above the physical card in the command zone. The others are just alternate art tokens like zombies, elementals, or Garth spells, so I never figured it would be an issue. However, I was wrong. As soon as they saw everything, two individuals in the pod started to whine, which led to a louder voice, not quite yelling, but the LGS clearly heard the two players' dismay, about how I wasn't using official Watsi printed cards or tokens, and I was no better than using counterfeits in a sanctioned event. The owner came over and asked what's up. They explained the situation and simply asked me to swap decks or politely leave the store, which I did as I dislike awkward situations and I was in shock. Currently trying to find another store to do limited events at, as this particular store I'm never going back to again after this. Uh, and there are a couple edits here. The first one says the pod wasn't for league or prizes, it was just for fun. The second one just kind of explains what Garth does. So real quick, if people don't know what Garth does, Garth One-Eye is a Wooberg commander, so costs one of each color. It's a 5-5 five, five legendary creature human wizard. Came out in Modern Horizons 2. And he has a tap effect. Tap, Garth, choose a card name that hasn't been chosen from amongst the following. Disenchant, Brain Geyser, 
Terror, Sheevan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. You create a copy of the card with the chosen name, and then you may cast the copy. So this person has these Godzilla style. And if people don't know what we mean when we say Godzilla style, back in Ikoria, there were these Godzilla alternate art cards that had a Godzilla character name. And then below the name in like a small subframe was the name of like the actual card. And that's been kind of like a common like reskin proxy sort of thing. Wizards has used it a couple times here and there. So looking at these proxies, are, are you guys seeing these? Yeah. yeah. They're so innocent, man. Like, yeah, I'm just seeing how fucking dumb it is that this is like a problem. Yeah, and like the the Apex Legends card, so it's Rampart Amped Modder, literally says Garth One Eye under it, and it is a piece of printer paper sleeved over a physical, real copy of Garth One Eye. Yeah, so like, not hard to just slip out that paper and have the real version of Garth there if people are really mad about it. People should fuck off. Like, these are mostly tokens. Like, who even has, like, all of those actual tokens for the thing? And who doesn't get, like, custom tokens? Exactly. Like, it's so common. It's, like, part of the fun of magic. They're they're trying to kill the fun of magic. Dude, I fucking draw custom tokens for people. (laughs) Like, like we we give people tokens. Yeah, somebody fucking ban this guy. (laughs) Ban this guy for making custom tokens. Like. Like, they're so clear. Like, that's what bothers me. Like, these tokens are literally, like, all of the the mana symbols, like, the the wording, everything. Like, I'm looking at a it's shitty so picture obvious. from Reddit, and I can read it from here. Yeah. So, like, you can't tell me that something isn't clear. Yeah. Like, they're just being fucking sourpusses. And, like... Yeah, it's so that's obvious. That's so sad because, clearly, they put a lot of effort in to, like, put this deck together, and we're, like, super excited for it, and, like, yeah. do all these pieces. And, like, you're just, like... Yucking their yum in such a shitty way. Like, yeah. these tokens also look sick. Like, I'm like, yeah, the tokens are all cool. It's like on theme. I love, like, I love, I love shit on theme. Like, I this person clearly shit. put effort into making these. And, and again, like, from the post, is passionate about Apex Legends, wants to have this flavor. And, yeah. And also, fucking give us five years of all of Apex Legends actual cards and magic. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I get maybe wanting to be a bit of a purist about the game like or having like some frustration with your universes beyond stuff and things like that and maybe just artistically not appreciating something that someone's bringing to the table but like if it's appropriate and if it's like something someone is truly excited about then like you're literally just standing there being like what you like isn't cool i don't want it here right yeah (laughs) yeah so i have a little excerpt to read This comes from the Magic the Gathering tournament rules, and it says, Wizards includes additional game materials in packs intended as game aids and not as traditional cards. Examples include tokens, title cards, dungeons, and art cards. These are not required for play, and players are welcome to use any representation that is clear to both players when they are needed in the game. Mm. so it's it's literally in the rules that this is okay <laughs> yeah that just makes it even even worse even than, more like, annoying yeah that's just like shitty you know sometimes you come across people that have these like passion project decks and want it to like look a certain way or they're themed around like a certain character from a media property that they're stoked about and like 
you know, I've played against my fair share of like Darth Vader or like Yoda decks and stuff like that. And like, I could take it or leave it personally. But if the other person is stoked, I don't give a shit, man. The card does the same thing. I've got a Piccolo deflecting SWAT. He's he's fucking sitting <laughs> back in that special beam. Like I got that too, dude. I got the same one. <laughs> Come on. Like let people have fun. I got the deflecting SWAT where Batman is smacking Robin, you know? I got <laughs> yeah. I got all the meme cards. Like I got a bunch of those, man. If I yeah. played that and someone was like, "Fuck you." I'd be, I don't know, man. It's just such a such a heavy yuck on someone's yum for something that's high quality. Like right. I get it. If somebody's got like kind of something shitty or they've just scribbled on a piece of paper and that's yeah. in there, like I don't yeah. like that either. Cause it takes you out of like, you know, the, the literal like visual of the game you're trying to play because you look at it and you can see that there's just like scribbled paper over there. Right. Yeah. But this still like, come on from across the table. You can't even fucking see it. Like <laughs> also the idea that you would, be supposed to use officially printed Watsy cards or tokens for this effect. Are they trying to say that you can only play Garth if you own a Black Lotus? <laughs> like, like right? I don't think there's a Black Lotus token. I think right? there is actually. Is I there? think when this came when out, this there came was out? one made for it. So there was a Black Lotus card that was printed for another card game. It was printed for Duel Masters. There was a Black Lotus card printed for Duel Masters. And that has become a fairly expensive token proxy that people use for mm. uh, real Black Lotus. Uh, fairly expensive being like 20 bucks, but still not an official card by any mm. means. Yeah. Well, these, these people were dumb. There was so many involved. It was like three people in the pond, the fucking store owner. The store like... came over like... And they asked you to like change decks or leave. Like the thing, the thing that bugs me the most is that like the core issue here is that they have a problem with the tokens, right? Because the real commander was right behind a little slip of paper that you can just pull out of the sleeve and be like, well, the Garth yeah. is here. Gar yeah. Garth is in the room with us right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's right can here. You just flip the tokens over and use the backside of it. Yeah. Do you have an issue with that? Some people use fucking dice. For their tokens man which is yeah. a huge pet peeve of mine but if some, someone's like these like this d6 it's five one ones you know what i mean like people do that shit all the time like, this gummy constantly. bear this gummy bear is a two two i'd prefer a gummy bear man <laughs> people are using like scraps of paper to represent tokens like it's so stupid for you to go through this high amount of effort create something that you're passionate about that's the thing, like you said, Tony, that someone's passionate about and just getting their their you know, their flame yum quenched. Yeah. So what do you think about the salt rating here? It's high, man. High. Yeah. It's sad high. It is. Like it's like I don't I I'm sad this happened to this person. Yeah. yeah. It's tragic. Fuck that LGS, man. Like, I'll say it. That's a like bad actually, call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is such a bad call. I do like that there's a pretty high up here comment of, like, how many people are actually in this LGS? Because I can't imagine people are enjoying that store. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, like, I get it. Like, owning an LGS is hard, and you got to, like, satisfy all your people. And if people are vocal, you, you just want it to stop. But yeah, I think that is such a bad call and it, it is a real bummer. It, is. it was the easy happened. route too. it feels like instead of being like, no, yeah. this person's got like, you know, reasonably visual stuff like they're not cheating or doing anything crazy, like just yeah. let them play their game. And if you don't like it, like that's OK, like but 
finish out this game and then just don't play with them in the future. But like, they're not doing anything wrong. That's what feels the worst here, that it feels like they're like slighted almost. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel so bad for them. And it's not bullshit. a tournament. It's just a random fucking yeah, pickup just, game after a limited play. event. Like, like the stakes are non-existent, you know? Yeah. If someone wants to play a really interesting creative deck, I don't know, man. It, it just... I've beat it to death, but it just fucking pisses me off. It it yeah. almost makes me wonder if they thought that it was like a fake commander card. Yeah. yeah. Like if they didn't think Garth was a real card or something mm. like it does kind of read as one of those like custom magic cards that the yeah. people are making on like the custom <laughs> magic Reddit and stuff. It really does. But like, yeah. That's an easy thing to clear up because that's the only thing that comes even close. Yeah, because they had the real card there with them. Like, that's the it's so, so crazy. Yeah, I think OP made the right move to just bounce out of there because. Oh, yeah, I would do the same thing, man. If people were attacking me and making me feel weird, like even if I was able to argue my point and get people to settle down, I would probably still leave because that's a pretty unpleasant interaction to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Fuck that store. Yep. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> isn't that time of the week? Hell yeah. Time of the week. You know what, let's Tony? Go. It is that time of the week. Let, let's dip out of this. Let, let's move on to the cleanse next thing. Ourselves let's cleanse that, ourselves. Yeah. I, that I'm, salty I'm bullshit. steeped in the salt that I need to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but what time of the week is it? It's the time of the week that comes every week. Every fucking week, baby. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is. Salt control Nine, to major tone. Seven. Six. Salt control five, to major tone. Three. Two. Read our salty one, tales and make Sam sing song. a song. To major tone, your crust has made the grave, and the patrons want to know, Sam, what is all? Now it's time to say, Mike, 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 Mike. This is major tone to solve control. I'm salting off again And blue is a trash color everywhere And the stars look very borderless today For here I am floating in my trash can Is this a fucking song? 
that was that was Space Oddity by David Bowie. Oh, it's so good. As requested Ooh. by Prime Speaker Florian. And of course, <laughs> I had to change Major Tom to Major Tone as in Tony. Obviously. I yeah. almost said your last name, as in Tony by co-host. Tony. <laughs> and yes, it is a real song. It's a real fucking banger of a song, man. I can't believe you don't know. I can't believe you don't know that song. Yeah, I'm shocked. Banger. But I mean, you said you didn't like Moana, so I guess I'm not that yeah. surprised. <laughs> Major Tom, the ground control. Yeah. Ground control to Major Tom. I'm going to send this to you. It's a good yeah, it's I, a I good can't believe it's, it's, it's Bowie, too. I feel like you would be a Bowie guy. I feel like you would be a Bowie guy. Right? That that's like a thing that Tony would be, right? Yeah, I agree. Are you not a Bowie guy, Tony? Uh I I I have like What is wrong with you? Yeah, I guess I'm not. <laughs> the next long car drive we have, fucking blasting Bowie. We right, a lot of right Bowie. Right <laughs> Going to bow. <laughs> Going to get bowed. Well, like I said in the last episode, if you knew that song, Tony, you'd know how great of a parody that was. <laughs> it was good. That one was good. Well, thank you, Fair Sam, enough. for that otherworldly song. Oh, thank you, Mike. The Celtic card of the week this week is Bolus's Citadel. Oh, mm. very good. Very nice. It is three and three black for a legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. Tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. So, Tony, how do you feel about this card? I feel like it's a good fucking card, baby. <laughs> it's one of those kind of cards that, like, you just want to build a deck around. You like, I want it to be the commander. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want it to be a legendary creature that's indestructible that I can just like throw out on the table and just fucking yeah. go to town, find a way to get like a bunch of rituals and no, no actual lands in my deck so that mm. I can play my whole fucking deck. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's super powerful, but I don't really find it that broken or like salty. I guess mm -hmm. the thing that people probably argue about is the fact that it's kind of got everything on the one card because mm. you can also just like sack 10 permanents and deal a bunch of damage to people and like end the game in other ways than just like fucking playing half your deck mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> for life but i think it's cool it's like a fun thing i have a secret deck list that i've never shared with you guys that was kind Ooh. of all around this effect <laughs> and so i like it i'm I'm just here for it i'm here for the bulls citadels of the world a secret deck yeah interesting it was with nashi of the mm. moon scion moon or whatever which is that oh, effect yeah. stapled to the commander and it's yep. mono black but you gotta like deal combat damage with someone and then you can like pay life to cast it uh whatever you rip off their deck but really it was just gonna be like turbo out uh bolus of citadel and like hopefully do stupid shit hmm. sounds fun uh, but i never mm. really put it together well sam how do you feel about this one i feel pretty similar to tony i mean i really like bolus of citadel i think it's a fun combo piece it's a fun win con it's a fun value piece it can kind of fit all of those slots which i really like um i also just love cards that allow me to look at the top card of my library at any time yeah yes. i feel like yep. it's such an advantage to be able to like play it feels so turns. good it feels, it feels so, good. so good man and sometimes you just fucking do it on an opponent's turn because you're like whatever i just could do this at any <laughs> time you know i think the thing that makes me salty about it 
is when I play a land for turn and forget that I should not do that in case I hit something with this yeah, Citadel yeah, yeah, yeah. and hit a land and need to like work my way through it. Definitely. So like Bolas Citadel has high highs and low lows, which yeah, for can sure. be frustrating. I never really get salty facing it. Like I think the fact that you can always whiff off of a land coming up or if you already played one land, a second land comes up and you're like, yeah. well, I can't do anything. Or an expel or like, you know, th there's a chance that that person isn't going to hit it when they try to go for their win and you'll have another right. chance to remove it or something like that. So it's just a cool card. I, I got a lot yeah. of appreciation for it. And you, you have to have so much life to take crazy advantage of it. If your deck is like a typical deck, like a more yeah. casual list, because you're going to have like a bunch of fours and fives and like, I feel like there's a world where you don't get a shitload of value uh, unless you're playing like Mike's fucking <laughs> cleric deck where it's sort yeah. of all one to two cost creatures that he just like shits out his whole deck and a creature comes in and he gains life. And so like, you know, like it's definitely very easily abusable, but if, I guess if on average, if it's in the deck, you're probably able to abuse it. Yeah. But I find myself throwing it into decks, or I used to anyway, just for fun. Because I was yeah. like, if, it's yeah. a fun if I'm running black, it's just fun to like have it down yeah. and doing the thing. It's one of those cards you can build around, but it's also one of those cards that's just generically good. Like you yeah. get it out in a, in a game and you're going to cast some shit just by spending life. And that is good. Yeah. And you're going to fly close to the sun. It's and it's good. fun and funny when you get yep. fucked with like a... A lightning bolt or something. And yeah, it kills you. definitely. <laughs> Two Marath activations. How do you feel about this one, Mike? I love, I love this card. I love Bolus's Citadel. I put it in all kinds of stuff. I love playing it with Sensei's Divining Top, which gets degenerate really quick. Yeah, you it put does. the top on top, pay one, replay it. You can basically draw cards equal to your life. Uh, works really well with Necropotence because you can play it, then Necropotence any land away that you happen to hit. Uh, if you have ways of shuffling, you can abuse it. If you have anything else that just lets you like incrementally draw here and there to clear the lands away, it can be really good. This is one of my main win cons in my aura deck or like main kind of value lines in my aura deck that then lets me set up a win con. And and that's exactly what Tony was saying. It's like, I'm playing this and then playing as many, like when a creature enters the battlefield, you gain one life effects. So I can like recoup all the life that I'm losing as I'm playing stuff. So I love this. I do think that the two things about this that are extremely salt inducing, there are not many feelings worse in the game of magic than holding this an extra turn because you're like, okay, I'm not going to play this the turn that I played the land that would get me up to the six, right? Like, I'm going to wait one extra turn so that when I play it, if I hit a land off the top, I'll be able to play that land and I'll be good. So you wait the yeah. one extra turn, you play it, you're like, oh, there's a land on top. I'm really glad I waited. You play your land. And then there's another land <laughs> right under yeah. that. And the number of times that has happened to me feels like, it it feels like it's every time that I play this, and it is the worst <laughs> feeling. It's also so obvious when someone hits a land on top of a citadel. Yeah, because they yeah. they're, they're just like, like okay. oh, I passed yeah. turn, and you're yeah. like, cool, we know there's a land there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen this induced salt when I get to the point where like 
this can very much be a card where you play it and then you're like, okay, guys, I'm sorry. This turn is just going to take a really long time. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have a lot that I can do. I'm going to have a lot of cards that I'm playing and it's not like a demonstrable loop. It's not super deterministic. You're going to run out of life at some point. So like you have to, you know, really thoughtfully go one at a time you might want to mix in what we were talking about of like a draw here or there to clear away like a high life spell or something off the top Mm -hmm. so it's this very like kind of chugging a long turn of a solitaire turn sometimes Mm -hmm. but it is so fun to play with (laughs) yeah it's a great card so so where does this one fall on the list there mike well why don't you take some guesses everybody get ready to write down your answers i already have my guess Oh, nice. Listener, do you? Yeah, you. Yes, I'm talking to you. I see Susie. I see Peter. I see John. I I don't see them because it's not a a video format, but I do hear you. Well, I'm clairvoyant. Oh, okay. Well, I hear them not writing their number. Okay, Okay, now I hear some pencils. (laughs) Now I hear some pencils writing down. Pencils down, folks. Flip over those, uh, those answers here. So my guess is 208. Oh, mine's 111. Well, Sam takes it again. Bullshit! It is 185. No way! So so when you started reading this, I wrote 164 down. And then as you kept going, I kept bringing it down. I was like, 164, 180, and then I landed at 208. So really, what I'm saying is I'm great and I'm perfect and I almost had it perfectly. (laughs) My logic was uh, I like Lord of the Rings and Bilbo's 111th birthday. He's got that like card where like you can like double your life or whatever. And like if you have like 111 life, you can activate his ability and go pull a bunch of creatures out. And I was like, I want to run this in that deck and make that deck. Uh, Mm. And so... That was my logic. So what you're telling me is that yours wasn't informed by any kind of logic. You just chose a number you liked. Yeah, I actually like just explained the logic and it was very sound. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, so well. I think my favorite part about the the Hobbit, the book, is when Bilbo is like, I'm going to cast Bolas' Citadel and he hits a land. And <laughs> right. he, exactly. He and then curses. he he's so yeah. mad. Yeah, you know, he gets that's really actually what got him to leave the house and go on the adventure. Yeah, he was he's like, like shit. Well, well, you don't even know your triggers. And he fucking leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just gets yeah. up and leaves. <laughs> now we're speaking the same language. And that's not even it. a real card, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Judge LGS owner <laughs> is calling for the LGS owner the next level of calling for a judge you call for a judge when there's a dispute and you you whine for the LGS owner when you, you know, have like in your diaper yes oh <laughs> i think you hit it hit the nail on the head it's happened <laughs> what a what percentage of decks is this in so this is in a high percentage of decks yeah. of the uh 1.8 million decks that it could be in it's in i was gonna guess eight percent 11 percent oh damn wow i was gonna guess 11 that's crazy and that's <laughs> fair i think i think this also does a really cool thing where it so it's like somewhere between six and nine dollars uh like depending on which story you're looking at dude there's a version of it that's for three dollars and fifty cents oh amazing a love promo. that an ugly promo 
2021. <laughs> I love that. It's not crazy expensive, but it's more than like your 50 cent common. It's more than your bulk rare. It's like this this kind of nice thing that you might go out and get there. So I feel like it, it sits in a really good spot in terms of like kind of deck warping. Like this might be one of the cards that you feel like you're putting in as like one of your higher budget cards uh, mm. at a certain point. Which is cool. So, so this was in the Post Malone uh, secret layer. But that one aside, there are two versions of this art other than the Post Malone one, and they're just like two different angled views of the Citadel. Like one is straight on the Citadel, and one is like slightly off. It's of like that. from under. Yeah, it's like I don't know why bother at that. So point? You're saying one's POV and one's voyeur. Or... Tony, I'm just Tony. Uh, no, I'm saying one is like straight on, and one is like if you stepped over ten feet and took another picture of the Citadel. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm all for alt art cards, but like, why'd you make that one? That promo one looks similar to maybe the ones from the cinematics, if that makes sense. I guess so. Yeah, like yeah. It looks a little more closely aligned with some of the cinematic camera angles. I like the just blocky straight on one though. It's it's just very weird that they both oh, exist. Yeah, I actually really do see what you're saying now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do these exist? Like do something different, more different. Like that's And they're drawn by different artists. Like they hired another person to just draw it from a slightly different angle. <laughs> and like, they were both in War of the Spark. Yeah, they both came out in the same set. That's really funny. <laughs> I never knew that. I mean, you're not going to make a bull citadel and not be the citadel, right? I Except guess for so. the post Malone altar. You could have it be like a big, crazy castle thing as opposed to just like a box. Well, but it's like supposed to look like it's from Amonkhet and is now on Ravnica. Yeah, that that's fair. Or something. I don't know. Lore. Anyway, that wraps it up for the salty card <laughs> of the week. Thanks for playing. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a lovely salty card. And thank you to our Salt Packet Plus tier members. You know we got to shout them out at the end of every single episode. And I'm going to do so now. And they are Rothbox, Bathroom Entity, Bobo Fett, Chameleon, Clearbrook, Captain Cross, Firehawk Ash, Ebes, Joe Danson, and Vok. Vok! Thank Hell you for your yeah. support, Hell everybody. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And thank you to all of the other prospectors out there in Salt Mine land, tuning in every single week to the Howling Salt Mine and hanging out with us, laughing, joking, raging, all the stuff we're doing. Really, really appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. We wouldn't do it without you. And if you want more Howling Salt Mine, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. If you're looking for more Howling Salt Mine content, I was doing the math the other day and we have... Over 17 hours of our Extra Salt show. This is our once a month bonus episode where we aren't doing salty stories. We're doing other things like talking about decks that we love to play, answering Q&As that we get from our patrons, and, you know, a bunch of other different things that we've done. Talking about favorite cards that we have and different pieces of the color pie. And it's just a really, really good time. If you're looking for more content from us, that's a place to check it out. We also have our Stray Grain show which is our short-form show, our short-form content that we do and put out on Patreon. It's all of the tangents and bits that get cut from our main episodes, but we love them and they're funny and we pass them along to the patrons. We also have a thriving Discord community. We have monthly game nights. There's a lot of fun to be had in the Discord, so go check it out. 
Another way to help out the show is to send us your salty stories or send us salty Reddit posts that you find. And you can send those to our website, thehowlingsaltmine.com or howlingsaltmine.com. Both of those are going to get you there. Or you can send that to our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Another way you can support the show is to check out our merchandise over at our bonfire store or any of the merchandise that we have on our website. If we don't have any merchandise on the website right now, maybe it's sleeves, maybe play mats in the future. Just keep an eye out because we got some big plans for this year. Merch is coming. Another thing you can do to help out the show is to give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you got. That helps us show up in the algorithm for other people trying to find Match the Gathering podcasts. They will stumble upon the Howling Salt Mine, listen to it, fall in love with it much like you have, and tune in every single week and just become another prospector. And we value that shit a lot. Honestly, that is how the show grows. We don't do advertisements. We don't really do anything like that other than just our own social media posts. So giving us a five-star review really does push the show forward into people's algorithms and, uh, you know, it helps the show grow. It's, it's really one of the easiest ways you can help the show grow. Lastly, we got to shout them out every single episode. J.D. Burnett, for gifting us this beautiful podcast art that we love. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really cool guy. 10,000 subscribers are buzzed. Indeed. Pew, pew, pew. Thanks, everybody. And stay salty. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling There was a girth. There was a girth player. Was there? <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> oh, there are typos in this one, man. <laughs> there was a girth player, but they involvement was not relevant. Bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. You're bullshit. Everything's bullshit. I have Elsha out and a top deck Uden. Oh my God, guys. Uden. Uden. Putin. And Uda I top noodles. deck Uden noodles. <laughs> Yum. And I have a snack and it's a great day. I have a tasty time. And then it was a happy night. <laughs> <laughs> alternate art. Alternate art for Garth. Earth, for Garth. Earth <laughs> Maybe it's been a while. I keep saying that. And I keep putting in while. the audio track. <laughs> Maybe it's been a while since we've said this. It's but... been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's been a while since it's, it's been, been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs>